Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Sunday, it's 11 November, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And uh, let's see, I've got a couple things I'd like to bring up before we get into our main categories. The first is, it is Veterans Day. I uh, want to thank all of the people that served. We have several people I know of that serve, they're in the military that uh, attend the Superior Word. And, uh, you know, one of them's a Navy SEAL. We've got uh, people in the Air Force, the Marines, the the Army. I mean, it's just everything. I, I know I forgot somebody already, but... Uh, uh, that really means a lot to me that we have people in the military that are serving and following us. And then we also have the um, people that um, are in the church here that have also attended. And I want to thank all of them for that. And I had a uh, photo that I'll put up on the uh, prophecy update that um, was taken of me. A lady added on to it some words that uh, touched my heart. I went to a uh, veteran's memorial service at Philippi Shores Elementary School, which I went to 50 years ago. And uh, one of the ladies that uh, she grew up with, my daughter, her, her daughter now goes there. And she said, we want you to represent our family uh, at Philippi Shores. And I went there and there were veterans from World War II, from the Korean War, from Vietnam War, from all of the Gulf Wars. And uh, they were all there, and it was a real honor to be there. They recognized each one of us individually. And anyway, it was, it was really wonderful. I'm, you know me, I don't like kids very much, but they did a, they did a wonderful job. They, they sang, and it was Philippi Shores Elementary, yes. They sang, they did some plays for us, and it was really wonderful. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. And uh, then also this week was the voting. I hope everybody that was a responsible citizen went out and voted. I know my wife and I did, and I posted a picture of us on Facebook. And if I can find it, I'll put it on the, uh, the uh, Prophecy Update as well. And speaking of the voting, I, an article was posted this morning that I thought that I would read to you. Um, let's see here. This is obviously the Babylon Bee. You all know this is a spoof site, but I thought it was... Uh, apropos for the uh, state in which we live and what's going on with our voting. Uh, Florida recount finally wraps up Al Gore declared president. (laughs) As Florida finally wrapped up its contentious recount of the votes tallied in the recent midterm elections, a winner was finally declared. Al Gore is now the president of the United States. The recount process at long last found the missing votes that would have handed Gore the presidency back in 2000, making him the official president of the country. Well, it's about time, Gore said in his acceptance speech. Thanks to all the fine people that made this happen. It really is too bad that the earth is going to be destroyed by fire by 2015. I I, I mean, uh, by uh, 2019, or else I could really savor my presidency. Gore will be granted two terms as U.S. president, asking President Trump and canceling the 2020 election. We just assume he would have won again and ushered in a liberal golden age, said an election official. So he's got eight years to reclaim his lost time. Make the most of it, Al. Great job. You deserve it. So there you go. That's uh, that's probably what's going to happen with the Florida elections. As bad as it's being handled down there by the Democrats, how disgusting it is, that's where we're at. Um, Okay, our first category, as always, is Israel. 
Oh, and one more thing before I uh, get into the Israel category is I'm wearing a bandana from Tim Kreeth. I told you a couple weeks ago he sent me five of them, and this one just happened to fit the uh, motif of the day, Veterans Day. So uh, thank you, Tim, and all you that sent that along. And from uh, the Times of Israel, in a first, Israeli minister makes state visit to Grand Mosque in Abu Dhabi. So we had the uh, thing with Oman last week, and now Abu Dhabi is allowing a state minister to go into their grand mosque. Israel's culture and sports minister paid a state visit to the largest mosque in the UAE, part of a historic trip that some have seen as singling a slow rapprochement between Abu Dhabi and Jerusalem. And then from the Jerusalem Post, October 2018 was the best ever month for Israel's tourism industry. Just this last month, best ever. The Ministry of Tourism said that more tourists had visited Israel in October than ever before, with a total of about 486,000 registered entries into the country. This represents a 19% increase of April 2018 numbers, which held the previous record for tourist entrances and 14% increase from October of last year. Tourists spent an impressive 2.5 billion shekels in October alone, adding up a total of 18 billion shekels foreigners spent in Israel since the beginning of the year. A total of 3.4 million visitors stayed for an average of eight days in Israel in 2018 so far. Two of the people that attend the Superior Word online, John and Kathy from Arkansas, are there right now, and we got to talk to them this morning in Israel. They're there with Sergio and Rhoda, and... They are, uh, this morning, they were up at the Sea of Galilee. They had breakfast, sent me some pictures that made me hungry because I don't eat on Sunday mornings. And they uh, then went to the Sea of Galilee and they uh, went up to the Mount of Beatitudes, et cetera. So they're helping this tourism industry. One thing they did is uh, earlier before you all arrived, they um, uh, were at Capernaum and they pulled into Capernaum and they said, this is Sergio and Rhoda saying this, we have never seen so many people lined up Thousands of people. They showed me the pictures of just thousands of people. So tourism is booming in Israel, and I'm really happy to hear that. All right, from Israel today, Hollywood raises Hollywood. You know, they don't do anything good out of Hollywood except for motion pictures. I wish they'd keep their mouths shut. Yeah, the motion pictures are getting worse by the year, but they have done something good in Hollywood. They raised $60 million to support the IDF. They do this year after year. This year, they raised $60 million. It's kind of hard to continue claiming that Israel is isolated on the international stage when those at the heart of the global entertainment are raising massive amounts of money to support the Israeli military. Perhaps it's a sign of the times when support for the Fakistinian cause is waning that the Friends of the IDF raised more money than ever before at its annual Western Region Gala. The gala naturally encompasses Hollywood, where despite its overtly liberal veneer, the Israeli military has many supporters. This year's sold-out event welcomed more than 1,200 Friends of the IDF, including prominent actors and singers. By the end of the evening, the FIDF had raised a whopping $60 million. Those funds will be used to provide much-needed and well-deserved services such as academic scholarships to combat veterans, financial assistance for soldiers in need, support for lone soldiers throughout their service and upon release, crucial aid for wounded veterans and the families of fallen soldiers, weeks of rest and recuperation for entire IDF units, as well as educational, cultural, and recreational facilities. So I think that's pretty wonderful, despite how I despise the people in Hollywood. I think what they've done is a good thing. Speaking of that, and I've said this before, that the only thing 
The only thing that the Democrats have done properly in Congress over the past years, I'm talking about both houses of Congress, is to support Israel as a nation. It's always unanimous. It is always favorable. They vote in large amounts of money for Israel for their defense, etc. Now that's going to change. We have an open Muslim elected to one that married her own brother in order to get citizenship, by the way. She uh, was elected to the Congress, and so she will not be voting in support of the state of Israel. And we also have that socialist that was elected up in New York, and she is a fervent anti-Semite. So we have these people that are coming in, and what was once at least unanimous in the United States Congress will no longer be so. It will be a stain on our government because of that. But that's just me. All right, from uh, the Times of Israel, Netanyahu likely to attend inauguration of Brazil's newest strongman president. Netanyahu will, in great likelihood, fly to Brasilia for the January 1st, 2019 inauguration. If his travel plans materialize, he would become the first Israeli leader to visit the country, the largest in South America. Bolsonaro, a far-right hardliner, who had been criticized for his derogatory statements about women, gays, and blacks, is an avid supporter of Israel. During the election campaign, he vowed to move his country's embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and to include the Jewish state on his first trip abroad as president. I am certain that your election will lead to a great friendship between our peoples and the tightening of links between Brazil and Israel. We await your visit to Israel, Netanyahu told Bolsonaro during a congratulatory phone call, according to a readout from his office. Looking forward to your visit in Israel, he added. And then from Behold Israel, Bolsonaro, we intend to transfer the Brazilian embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, but from I-24, a couple days later, Brazil's Bolsonaro rethinks Jerusalem embassy after Egypt defers state visit. I heard another article after that which says that they are not making up our minds, we are making up our minds, which sounds like they are going to continue with this. We'll know in the weeks ahead. Um, From the Times of Israel, finally, more than 75% of Jews voted for Democrats in the midterm elections. It just is appalling. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like shooting yourself in your foot and then just keep shooting your kneecap and your hip and your thigh and everything else. Just disgusting. Anyway, uh, from Christian News Today. Haaretz, GOP candidate, no peace in Israel until Jews convert to Christianity. This guy was on the campaign trail, and he said these things, and I thought I'd read it to you because this is a Christian that was running for uh, the House, and guess what? Here we go. A Republican congressional candidate in a competitive race in North Carolina said in a sermon that there would be no peace in Israel unless Jews and Muslims converted to Christianity. Mark Harris, who served as a Baptist pastor in Charlotte until resigning last year to run for office. Harris said, there will never be peace in Jerusalem until the day comes that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's standing up there saying that, and I'm like, good job, buddy. And he's right. This is what the Bible teaches. There will be, the Bible says, they say peace, peace when there is no peace. That's right. I'm going to get to that. Harris went on to say that no Jewish or Muslim resident of Jerusalem would find peace until they accepted Jesus Christ. Jesus, when he went to Jerusalem, said, I am the vine, I am the true vine. And until those that are called in Islam realize that, and until those who are called in Judaism realize that, for that matter, until those that are caught in the religion of Christianity are missing the personal relationship with Jesus Christ realize that, 
There'll never be peace in their soul or peace in their city. The answer to your question is yes, he won. He is a congressman now of the United States House of Representatives, so that is wonderful stuff. From CBN, Jesus can change anyone. I know this made CNN, MSNBC, it made all the major news. Tell me it did, because I don't watch them, but you can tell me. Jesus can change anyone. These ex-LGBTQ people are bringing a freedom march of hope to Los Angeles. Everybody knows that, right? Oh. People who have left the LGBTQ lifestyle and turned to Jesus are taking part in a freedom march in LA this weekend. Jeffrey McCall is the founder of this movement, and he says this march is not about suppressing anyone, but finding freedom in Christ. I really want to send the message that to the LGBTQ community that there is hope to say, hey, we were in the same lifestyle you were in and we came out of that and followed Christ and there's a whole nother life. I love when you say nother, just drop off the A, a whole nother life, a life that we didn't even know was possible, a life with joy and peace and freedom. We want to reach back out and let them know there is another way, McCall added. McCall was once diagnosed with gender dysphoria by a psychiatrist, and he used to live as a transgender woman. Then he says God's love transformed his life. And earlier you saw that he mentioned Jesus Christ specifically, which means the God's love found in Jesus Christ transformed his life. From CBN, Malta's government, taking the opposite side of the issue, Malta's government publicly condemns singer for saying he's no longer gay. He found Jesus. The government is condemning him. Imagine that. The contestant on Malta's version of the X Factor television series is under fire for publicly declaring that he is a former homosexual who gave his life to Jesus. Man, you can't even be what you want to be anymore unless it's insane, right? Matthew Greech, or Gretsch, I guess, G-R-E-C-H, Grech? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know Maltese. Anyway, Matthew Grech, we'll call him, said during an interview on the show that he used to live a homosexual lifestyle, but then I found God. For a long time, I stopped following my passions to follow Jesus, Grech said. There can be love between two men and two women, yes, but only friendship, love. Everything else is a sin. Imagine this guy standing up and boldly saying this. Good job. Grech's audience featuring his comments about his Christian faith have since all been deleted on social media platforms. On Monday, X Factor published a statement saying that no part of Grech's original audition was intended to cause offense, and nor were the views expressed those of the producers of the program. So you can't come out of anything without being condemned for this nowadays. Malta's government took a more direct approach and publicly condemned Grech for his homophobic beliefs. I, don't, I didn't see anything homophobic in what he said there, not a thing. Anyway, um, adding that his comments endangered the country's youth. Sexual orientation is not a lifestyle, the statement read, in part. In other words, they're saying it's not a lifestyle, it is who you are. Malta itself is condoning this, and not only are they condoning it, they're saying don't change if you are, right? Grex pastor Gordon John Manch called out the government for targeting one of its citizens for his faith. Absolutely crazy. From the Christian Post. God knows why this happened. This is, this is really insane here. This, I've read a lot of crazy stuff in Christian news before, but this is about it. Pentecostal church members shoot, stone each other over rivalry. Yeah, a group of men at a Pentecostal megachurch in South Africa opened fire and pelted rocks at each other over a rivalry concerning a vacant leadership position at the church. The battle began early local time when a convoy of vehicles carrying worshipers parked outside the church. 
As they were about to enter the church premises, another group that was inside the church charged at them. They confronted each other. During their confrontation, firearms were pulled out and three people were injured. IPHC, which has over three million worshipers in South Africa and neighboring countries, has reportedly been divided following the 2016 death of its leader, Glayton Modisi. Fights over the vacant leadership role. This is not the way to hire new leaders in your church, okay? Don't pull out your guns and start shooting. Um, yeah, the, um, they led to a number of court battles, but the issue remains unsolved. Well, right there, they violated scripture, right? It says, don't take another Christian to, can't you solve these things yourself? Where is that? 1 Corinthians uh, 5, 6, anyway, it's right there. Um, but uh, they violated scripture right there. Now, I won't get into that here. We'll stay on target. It says, um, an eyewitness said that the church members firing weapons seemed like they were not trying to kill them, but were simply trying to scare them away. Well, if three of them were shot, then I suppose that maybe they were trying to kill them. That's not the way to handle church business. Okay, from Islam today, from the Al Jemainer, notorious anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan leads death to America chant on solidarity trip to Iran. Okay, yeah, he's shouting death to America right there. And hey, as far as I'm concerned, that's overseas. It's an act of treason. They should not let him back into the United States. But Nation of Islam leader and prominent anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan led chants of death to America. He claimed that America has never been a democracy. Uh, it, actually, that's probably true. We're a, a republic. But yeah, anyway, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. During a solidarity trip to Iran, head of the re-implementation of U.S. sanctions on the country this week, according to, the, which means it was last week. According to Iran's semi-official state news agency, Mayor Farrakhan said at a meeting with the Secretary of Iran's Expediency Council, uh, Moshen Rezai, that America is conspiring against Iran. I understand how the enemies have plotted against the Iranian people, and I would like to say alongside you to stop their plots, he said. He also blasted America for support for Saudi Arabia. Iran's arch rival in the region, and added, Satan seeks to divide Muslims, and I want them to kill each other, while God tells us in the Quran to be united. So this guy's just, he's absolutely crazy. But then in Breitbart, it says a couple days later, Louis, oh, I'm sorry, this article first from Breitbart goes back to October 17th, Louis Farrakhan, I'm not an anti-Semite, I'm an anti-termite. So here he's allowed to say these things openly and nobody seems to do anything about it. But here we go to the Al Jemainer contradicting his Iranian hosts. Anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan denies leading death to America chant in Tehran. So he's saying he didn't do it because he knows he can be tried for treason for that. But as far as I'm concerned, they said he did it. They are the ones that are in the know. They published it. He did it. He should be tried for treason, taken out behind the chemical shed and shot. From Aretz Shiva. Israel's Mossad, this goes back to 31 October, Israel's Mossad foils Iranian assassination plot in Denmark. I don't know if you heard about this, but this is a week or two ago. Israeli intelligence services aided Denmark, announced that it had recalled its ambassador to Iran after it accused Tehran of plotting to assassinate three Iranian nationals residing in Denmark. I have decided to recall Denmark's ambassador in Tehran for consultations. Denmark can in no way accept that people with ties to Iran's intelligence service plots attack against people in Denmark. So this is what they're doing. They're going to Denmark and they're targeting their own citizens for extermination. Now, this the reason why I brought that up, because I kind of was going to skip over that article, but this past week I read an article which shows you the brain of the people in Europe. 
from Fox. Europe opens doors to sanctions on Iran after terror plots in Denmark and Paris. European leaders are opening the door to possible sanctions on Iran in the wake of terror plots across the continent, even as they criticize the Trump admin for reimposing sanctions on the Islamic Republic's oil exports and financial dealings. Now, Iran is twice, a few months ago in Iran, I'm sorry, in France, and then just as past two weeks ago in Denmark, they've targeted people in sovereign nations for extermination. And Europe is still thinking maybe we should put sanctions on these people. They haven't done it. They're working against Trump. It shows you the brain pan of what's going on over there. They're, they're just not thinking. What they ought to do is completely isolate that country and say, you have done something which is against our nation. It's an offense against our nation. You are cut off. And they're not doing it. From uh, Times of Israel, SWIFT Network suspends Iran banks as U.S. sanctions take force. The SWIFT banking network, the backbone for international monetary transfers, said it has suspended several Iranian banks from its service after the U.S. reimposed nuclear sanctions on Tehran. In keeping with our mission of supporting the resilience and integrity of the global financial system as a global and neutral service provider, SWIFT is suspending certain Iranian banks' access to the messaging system. This step, while regrettable, has been taken in the interest of the stability and integrity of the wider global financial system. In other words, the United States says we are not going to go through SWIFT if you don't do this. And all of the money of the world travels through this thing. So they have to do it. Our president made the right decision, and he is sticking it to the Iranians. He's doing exactly what our previous president should have done, and he didn't. SWIFT, the Belgian-based Society for World Bank Interbank Financial Telecommunication, provides banks with a secure messenger network to allow international transfers. Without its services, Iranian banks will find it more difficult to do business with any client prepared to brave U.S. sanctions to maintain ties with Tehran. Now, SWIFT is not a bank. All it is is a transfer of money. That's all they do. But they transfer the money. And without that ability to transfer, Iran is further isolated now. Good job, President Trump. From Aritz Shiva. Florida imam, right here in Florida, we got an imam. Palestine, in its entirety, should be liberated. During a recent Friday sermon at the Islamic Center of South Florida, Imam Hassan Sabri criticized President Trump's so-called deal of the century as treason and said that Fakistine in its entirety is an Islamic land. If a land is occupied or plundered, it should be liberated from its occupiers and plunderers, even if it leads to the martyrdom of tens of millions of Muslims, said the imam. In other words, he is calling for the overthrow of Israel through the martyrdom or the warfare against Israel. Once again, take this person out and try him. He is interfering with how our government works with a sovereign nation called Israel. So once again, they allow this type of stuff. If we were to say this, the same type of rhetoric in a Christian church today, they would close us down. Okay, no doubt about it. From Mongolia, I guarantee you they have tax-exempt status in that stupid mosque over there, and they're still benefiting from it. They should close. That's why in this church, we don't have tax-exempt status. We don't monetize anything. We don't have a bank account. We don't do any of that. We don't. There's nothing that we do in this church that can be brought back to us and said, we are closing you down because of what you've said. We pay our property taxes, and we're not required to do that. Everything we do here is completely open to the public, and they will never shut us down for what we have said. We're a private group of people worshiping in a privately owned building, and that is that. 
Mongolia. ZME. Scientists zoom in on Mongolia's oldest cheese production. Yeah, a new study adds to our understanding of ancient cheese, something I've always wanted to know about, showing that Mongolians were making cheese in 1300 B.C. Populations in the Mongolia area lived a pastoralist, dairying lifestyle for thousands of years, something which at one point enabled them to conquer much of Asia and Europe under Genghis Khan. The study traced milk proteins in tooth tartar. So they pulled out, you know, teeth from old skulls and they checked the tartar, and that's how they know these things. The milk proteins confirmed that dairy was consumed at that time, and in addition, whey and curd proteins were also recovered, indicating that people didn't solely drink the milk. The analyzed protein showed that livestock that was milked, cattle, goat, and sheep, are not native to the region and were likely introduced from the West. However... Researchers also carried a DNA analysis of Mongolians who lived during the time, showing very little genetic contributions from Western herders. This suggests that the dairying techniques were transferred culturally and not by people who moved from the West to the East and settled in Mongolia. So there you know. And that's it. And also, I think you may remember I did an update on Mongolia one time where they believed that ice cream was actually invented by the Mongolians because they would put the... Um, milk and stuff into their sacks and they'd gallop along and it would be cold and it would freeze and, you know, the, the, the chugging motion would make the ice cream. So Mongolia's way ahead on cheese and ice cream production. I can tell you that. <laughs> Daniel 12 Technology Today, Zero Hedge. A gun capable of fitting into a wallet is being sold by an American arms company. Yeah, it's a little teeny thing. It's a military analyst writing for the National Interest describes the gun called the Life Card. It looks just like a credit card. As a single-shot, single-action, .22 designed to uh, resemble an innocuous credit card. The credit card-sized pistol was fashioned from lightweight anodized aluminum with a steel trigger and tilt-up barrel. So you've got a credit card, you tilt it up, and it becomes a gun. Okay, yeah, it's very interesting. Um... Let's see here. The 7-ounce pistol folds up into a 3.375-inch by 2.25-inch card that, despite its half-inch thickness, can fit with relative ease inside your back pocket or average wallet. It was developed by North Carolina-based Trailblazer Firearm and has enough ammo stored for four rounds. The company has built it as a weapon of last resort in dangerous, unexpected situations but it's also sure to draw controversy given the extreme ease of concealment and potential for passing through security screenings, similar to the controversy evoked by 3D-printed guns. According to the national interest, the gun has been deemed in compliance with American National Firearms Act given that it's incapable of firing when folded. So there you go. Good stuff. Mail online. LG reveals self-driving smart shopping cart, something I've always wanted. I've always wanted one of these. Yeah, it can follow you around the store and even keep an eye on what you're spending. Yeah, good job, LG. LG working with South Korean grocery chain to put self-driving carts in stores. The smart cart robot follows shoppers around, and what you do is you put your food into the cart, it scans it, and it tells you, well, that's, you know, $3 or you're in Korea, 3 won and 52 cents or whatever. And then you get another one, you keep putting them in, and eventually it's got a readout that tells you how much you're spending. And then you walk along and it follows you like a dog. So, hey, there you go. Revelation Plagues today from Sidrap. Ebola total reaches 300 as the World Health Organization, UN leaders travel to the DRC. 13 more cases and five more deaths from Ebola were reported in the DRC's three-month-long outbreak of the virus in North Kivu and Ituri provinces. 
Two of the new cases, a young mother and her two-week-old child, were diagnosed in Bani and later transferred to an Ebola treatment center in Mabal Ako at the family's request. Another patient is from Colin Guta, I guess. The totals for the outbreak now stand at, listen to this, 300 cases, 265 are confirmed, 35 probable. Now, 265 confirmed cases, 186 deaths. That's a huge percentage. In addition, 41 suspected cases are still under investigation. The outbreak is the country's 10th, its third largest. From PJ Media, cocaine back in a big way, the DEA warns, with rising overdose deaths. Cocaine use in the United States has rebounded, buoyed by a boost in supply and the increasing prevalence of Potent synthetic opioids such as fentanyl mixed into the product is accelerating cocaine-involved overdose deaths. Both use, yeah, what a shock. Both use and availability of the drug continued a sharp climb between 2016 and 2017 and increased availability levels and concurrent lower domestic prices will likely propel this trend through the near term thanks to record levels of cocoa cultivation and cocaine production in Colombia. 93% of cocaine tested last year turned out to be of Colombian origin. And the overall trend of lower prices but higher purity suggests demand has not fully caught up to supply, resulting in cheaper, more pure product than five years ago. There were 10,375 cocaine-involved deaths in the country in 2016, a 52.9% increase from the previous year. A further increase in cocaine overdose deaths is expected this year, the report said, as use of both the powder and crack forms of cocaine continues to grow. The most cocaine deaths have been in Washington, D.C., Rhode Island, Ohio, Massachusetts, and West Virginia. The mixing of cocaine with fentanyl and other synthetic opioids remains a dangerous trend in an expanding number of markets. The DEA noted that fentanyl-cocaine mixtures often target a user base that is typically unaware that is consuming fentanyl and thus more likely to have an adverse reaction than one who initially sought out the opioid. The expansion of fentanyl-contaminated cocaine is fueling a surge in cocaine-related overdose deaths. All right, morality. Before I give you this morality, if you don't want to hear a lot of bad news, I do this about once every two months, all the things that I, I just didn't have room for in the Prophecy Update. I list them, just their titles, so you know what's going on in the world. So this is about 60 days worth of bad news. If you don't want to hear it, cover your ears. From the Daily Caller, America's pot capital? Anybody? Massachusetts, not Colorado. Massachusetts is emerging as the nation's pot capital, according to statistics compiled in a state legislative report. From the Daily Wire, Netherlands, elderly woman forcibly euthanized. Yes, forcibly euthanized. They said that would never happen. They said that would never happen. From WND, court approves starving brain injured to death. This is in the United Kingdom. A stunning verdict from the United Kingdom's Supreme Court has opened the door for seriously brain injured patients to be starved to death if their doctors and family members agree to it. From Mail Online, mother, 49, of transgender son reveals she donated her uterus to give someone in the trans community the option of childbirth. CNS, 19 attorneys general challenge federal policy prohibiting abortions for unaccompanied minors. 19 attorney generals had challenged the federal policy prohibiting abortions for unaccompanied minors. Oh, you can't tell them they can't do that. You can't give your child an aspirin in school without being imprisoned, but you can give them an abortion if they want it. 
from Mail Online. Reproductive harassment is asking someone when they're having a baby. And it's the horribly uncomfortable question childless women dread. You ask them if you're going to have a baby, and that's harassment now. LifeSite. 125 women take abortion pills to kill their babies to protest pro-life laws in South Korea. BBC. India court legalizes gay sex and landmark ruling. Advocate. Study. More than half of trans male teens attempt suicide. You think? From Haaretz. Illegal organ harvesting is rampant in Egypt and refugees are the main target. These Africans coming up to go up into Europe, they're being knocked out, you know, go into a bar, have a drink, give him a, a, a something, put him to sleep. He wakes up and he's got a scar on his back and he's missing part of his body. Yeah, kidneys and whatever else you can take out of somebody, they harvest them. CNS. Transgender kids in the United Kingdom, number of girls jumps 4,415%. The number of boys rises 1,151%. Oh, but this isn't cultural. This is, this is actually the way they've always been. Not at all. Zero Hedge. Transphobic Swedish professor may lose job after noting biological differences between sexes. He says there's women and men, and he, he's losing his job. Project Q. Number of gay bi men living with HIV jumps 70% in Georgia. Guess what? When the ball drops and those drugs are no longer available, 70% of those gays, or that number 70% higher, they're all going to be suffering. They're all going to die of miserable deaths because of what they're doing. Medical press. Gender nonconformity takes mental toll on teens. No kidding. From CNS. Planned Parenthood contributed, get this, $126,886 to Democrats on the Judiciary Committee, zero to Republicans. And we're still funding them. It's exactly the same thing as the unions. They go in there, they have all the unions, you have to give to the union, the unions give Democrat, and it becomes a cycle where it perpetuates itself. Mail Online. Kent State cancels West Side Story after fury that whites were cast in lead roles. From Zero Hedge, Mayor de Blasio signs law establishing third gender for New York City birth certificates. So if you're in New York City, you don't have to be a boy or a girl anymore when you're born. From BBC Australia to stop religious schools rejecting gay students. You're a Christian school in Australia. You cannot say no. You can't come in here because you're gay. Mail Online, I always knew I was a girl. Six-year-old comes out as transgender to her mom and inspires her mother's girlfriend to make same confession and starts her own transition weeks later. Six-year-old girl is now transitioning into a whatever. Yep. Came out to her mother. Came out to her mother. I'm, I'm a whatever, and I, that's what I want to be. And the mom says, okay. Six-year-old is making the decision in the family now. Our other category, Mail Online. Macron's call for a real European army to protect ourselves with respect to China, Russia, and even the United States. He said this a couple days ago. French President Macron wants a real European army. This is something I've been saying is coming. It's necessary because in the end times, it is the Europeans that are going to make the peace treaty with Israel, and they are going to have a standing army. This is just a precursor to it. He said it would protect the continent with respect to China, Russia, and the United States. So they're worried about us. We've got Tens and tens and tens of thousands of crosses on the beaches of Normandy and other places over there where we have had our veterans die protecting them, and now they're saying they have to be protected from us. Okay, zero hedge. Moscow initiates de-dollarization. 
India to pay for S-400 systems in rubles. This is a major thing that happened here. Since it became evident last summer that India was moving forward with the purchase of at least five of Russia's S-400 air defense systems, the controversial initiative, which is part of India's big ambitions for regional dominance, immediately ruffled relations with Washington, resulting in the complete cancellation of at least one planned visit of Mike Pompeo and Jim Mattis to New Delhi. Moscow now accounts for 62% of New Delhi's arms imports. But this week, another huge bombshell dropped after a $5.4 billion deal for India to acquire the S-400 systems from Russia was clinched during Putin's two-day visit to the country in early October. The contract will be settled in rubles as part of Moscow's broader policy and part of its pursuit of de-dollarization of the Russian economy. Russia President Putin supports weaning the country's financial sector off of the U.S. dollar. The move doesn't mean the complete phasing out of the American currency. It does. It's going to happen, and it's not going to be as long as you might expect. Once this gets going, it's going to blossom. From Fox, Colorado gun seller offers local rabbis free AR-15 rifle. A gun dealer in Colorado Springs, Colorado, has offered a free AR-15 rifle to local temples for protection following the mass killing of 11 Jews at a Pittsburgh synagogue by an anti-Semitic gunman. Mel Bernstein, who Bernstein's probably Jewish, by the way, owner of Dragon Arms, told Fox News that four local rabbis in Colorado Springs took him up on his offer and a fifth accepted the offer of a handgun. He said each rabbi filled out a background check. I'm proud of that guy. Good for him. Good for him. Telegraph. Pick up who, or we take the dog. Chinese city rolls out social credit system for pet owners. You talk about a nanny state? Here it is. Chinese cities are launching a scoring system for dog owners where anyone found failing to care for their pets, which I agree with caring for your pets, could be forced to pay a fine or even have their dog confiscated. The credit system requires anyone with a dog to register with the police with only one dog permitted per person. So you only get one puppy. I have eight. I'd have to give up seven of my babies. I would move out of China. The license starts with a dozen points and is embedded as a QR code on the dog's collar. Points are then deducted for various infractions, such as walking dog on a leash without a tag, not cleaning up the poo, or being reported for a disturbance. Now, talking about the poo thing, I grew up out on Siesta Key, right? We've had dogs forever, and the dogs go out and they do what they do. All of a sudden, it became, if you don't pick up that dog's poo, everybody goes ballistic. And what does it take to pick up poo? Plastic bags. We have got millions and millions and millions of plastic bags every day being thrown away. And it's the liberals that are fighting against the plastic bags. And yet, listen, it was the liberals. When I was a kid going to Publix and Cash and Carry here in Sarasota, we had brown paper bags. And they complained, we're killing all the trees. And so they said, we need to do something. It was liberals that brought in the plastic. Now we've got a plastic problem and the liberals want to exacerbate the problem by saying, use a bag to pick up the dog poo. Nothing liberals do, nothing makes any sense. Liberal plastic bags, yes. He says, liberal plastic bags. There you go. Okay, owners are docked three points if dogs are walked without a leash, which must be less than 1.5 meters in length. 
and under the control of someone at least 18 years of age. So if you have kids, they can't walk the dog. And guess what? You know those leashes where you let the button go and they run? You can't have those. 1.5 meters. That's like this, you know, a meter is three feet, so um, whatever. Terrible. Anyway, dogs are not allowed to play in public water fountains. That that seems like a jip. Then they are banned from government buildings, public transport, schools, hospitals, parks. Parks! Public squares, gyms, hotels, restaurants, markets, and shopping centers, but they are permitted in any type of curry or soy sauce. Oh, stop it. I added that in. You know, the Chinese are notorious for that. Losing all 12 points means saying goodbye to the dog, the most severe punishment authorities can levy. Once a dog is confiscated, it's called walking the dog, right? You walk, W-O-K. Um, once a dog is confiscated, owners must pass an exam about responsible pet ownership before being reunited. So there you go. I mean, that's a nanny state right there. That is, that is nanny state. From Bloomberg, U.S. Navy's costliest carrier was delivered without elevators to lift the bombs. The USS Gerald Ford, which has been in service now for, I think, two years, has no elevators. If they get into a war, they cannot lift the bombs up to the airplanes in order to get them to bomb the target. We spent billions of dollars on that, and they still can't figure out how to properly do it. I don't know why not. It's U.S. government. Okay, I got a less Rick for you. As the Maccabees did once before, self-defense will be kosher once more. They can carry a gun, though on Sabbath it's done, till the killing of Jews be no more. So good job there, and you all know that Les is a Jew, and so he can write that without anybody getting mad at him for that. And secondly, he is preaching today. He'll, he's starting right now, 11 o'clock. So let's have a prayer for Les. So that, Lord, we ask that you bless Les in his uh, preaching today, that you would open his lips and he would speak boldly for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for him and Kathy, who do wonderful uh, Les Ricks or Catholics each week, and uh, we're just uh, honored to know them. Please, once again, bless him in his service, and we pray that uh, some will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through his message. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Got an irony. Yeah, Catholic. Um, we've got an irony of the week for you. Actually, I've got two ironies of the week. They're called two McHoldups, please. But before I give you that, I want to remind you that we have the Sergio and Rhoda video, which we watched before the um, service today. It will be linked at the end of the video, or you can get it out of the comments section of the uh, uh, Prophecy Update. It was on all seven beaches in the, I think they're the only people who ever have done this. They've given a detail of all seven beaches at the Dead Sea. There's two sections, the North and South Dead Sea. They tell you all the differences, which one you might want to go to, why, what type of food is there, what type of accommodations. It wasn't an outstanding video, so please watch that. Okay, McHoldups, please. Mail online. McDonald's worker, 19, sent home on the first day for being late, robbed a nearby branch, and then broke his leg in a car crash as his twin brother helped him flee from cops. Yeah. And then mail online. Man wearing a red and black wig mistakenly shoots himself in the thigh while robbing a McDonald's. Yeah, so such is the world we live in. And so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.